DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that ass up. The Breakfast Club is on. Right. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me, and return, I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get their information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Janae. Hey, Janae, where you calling from? In Brockton. Hey, get it off your chest. Brockton, Massachusetts, I should say. Mm -hmm. Good morning, right, Janae. So last, excuse me, I'm sorry. I said good morning. So good morning, everybody in there. Um, so last week you guys had, I want to say her name was Lynn Whitfield. Dr. Lynn Whitfield, is that her name? No, Dr. Lynn, Lynn um, what's Lynn Yeah, Lynn Whitfield's name? an actor. Dr. Lynn Richardson. Lynn Richardson. line between love and hate. Oh, she was encouraging people to, like, invest in their 401ks, I believe. That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. I'm a financial therapist myself. Um, a lot of people don't know that 401ks are like a secret um, partnership with the government. And the government's never our friend. So um, we've been helping people roll their money over from 401ks because when COVID hit, a lot of people took massive hits into their plans. And a lot of people don't know what they're investing into when they do it. But I don't know if she knows that because we've been educating people who've been in business for like 30 plus years, um, lost a few businesses due to COVID, but now we're like saving them so that they can cover all their, their I call it CYAA, cover your ass and your assets. Mm -hmm. Cover your, um, what did you say? Cover your assets and eat your assets. That sounds wild. Now, cover I want to. your ass and your assets. I have a, I have oh. a financial question about that then. Because I know a lot of times people are encourage you to invest in the 401k because your company, if your company doesn't match. And then the second question yeah. I have, is it a good idea to take that money out when it's down? So there's four tanks of life, and that's what we go around and teach people because there's a fourth tank. There's a lifetime income tape where you can um, we make a lot of money in our lifetime just by graduating from college and whatever the case may be. So, yeah, the match is good. We always tell people, do the match don't go above your match because you're pretty much giving free money to the government mm -hmm. and the tax frame right now is like what 30 percent 37 percent i believe so if they want to take 50 percent, they can and there's nothing you can do so people depending on how much is in your 401k you can roll it over and take no hit that's called a 1035 exchange so you can move that over there and then you don't get penalized thank you well, Damn, Emmy. Damn, if you just hung up on her, why not? Put her on hold. I think you hung up on her because um, wow. you don't want her competing with Lynn Richardson. Uh, I think Lynn Richardson was kind of wrong in some of the things she said. But oh, okay. I don't know. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Isaiah from Maryland. Hi, Isaiah, Isaiah from Maryland. Maryland. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Nice. Bless black and highly favored. What's happening? What's going on? Um, first of all, I wanted to congratulate you all uh, for 10 years. Uh, especially like you three and also like all of your crew this is a great job and thank you for doing everything that you do uh, also I wanted to ask Envy about uh, real estate like how did you get into it and like what made you uh, want to do that um, I wanted to get out of my mama's house. Uh, my dad's a police officer he's a retired police officer and his rules were very strict and I wanted to get out um, so I saved my money and I bought a house that was like an hour and 40 minutes from my job but at least I had a home 
And uh, after falling asleep a couple of times driving home, I decided to sell a house after like four or five months. And when I sold the house, I made like a hundred grand in those four or five months. And then I just started buying houses and and flipping them. Uh, and I, I'm sorry. What about you? Um, how did I get into real estate? I mean, I, I first bought my first house like six and a half years ago, a two-family house, so that I would have some income coming in to help pay the mortgage. Then I bought three different properties in Detroit, and then I bought a couple more properties in Brooklyn as investments. Yeah, how old are you? Um, I'm 21. Yeah, well, now's the time. I bought my first home at 22 years old. I bought my first property at 22. Thank you. Uh, and now's the time because um, money, money is cheap. I wanted to thank so oh, now is the time. Money is cheap. That means the interest rates are very low. It's the lowest we've ever seen. It's like 2.7. You can even get 2.6, between 2.6 and 2.8. So that means money is low. That means you they're not charging that much interest. Um, also, I wanted to thank Charlamagne for uh, sending me his book last week. And I wanted to ask uh, MP, why well, you got to air out people all the time? Why do I air out people? Because he's a snitch. <laughs> That's what snitches do. All right, well, thank you guys for accepting my call. I love you all. Yes, sir. Uh, love you too, brother. The real reason is Charlemagne told 6ix9ine he would do something to him. So I'm hoping that Charlemagne one day say he'll do that to me. That's why I'm going to keep snitching yes, no, until you... what I told, <laughs> what, what, what I did with 6ix9ine was called hyperbole, sir. Thank you. Okay? Hmm? Can't hear you. You got something in your mouth? Hmm? It's called a mask. <laughs> Get it off your chest. Anybody check your temperature? 800-585-1051. <laughs> if you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I'm This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800 585 We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is T from Cali. T from Cali. What's, What's up, up T from Cali? What's going on, Breakfast Club? DJ Envy, Charlamagne, Gun, Angela Yee. First and foremost, I just wanted to congratulate y'all on 10 years. Thank you, y'all King. Know, uh, y'all, y'all was able to interview President Barack Obama, and then right after that, y'all had y'all 10 years, so that's a big props up to you. Thank you, you brother. Guys, you know, and then I want to say what my best moment was, hands down, last year when y'all did Trav versus Sean Stone. Oh, that was classic. <laughs> that it. was classic. And then, and then not only that, he called in, and then he voted for himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, classic. yeah, yeah. When he tried to do his fake, uh, he did the fake voice. Yeah, yep. like, we don't see him every day. I hope you call up and say something about this. But, you know, props to y'all. And y'all keep doing your thing. Hopefully y'all get another 10 years. All right, brother. Hello, who's this? You? What's up, Envy? Yo, somebody was just talking about you a second ago. Who, uh, who was talking um, about you? You, you, had, you had an admirer. You had an admirer who said that his one of his favorite Breakfast Club moments of the past decade was when you bodied Sean Stone. Oh, my goodness. Do y'all know what I was calling about? Wow. No. I was calling to tell y'all my favorite Breakfast Club moment. Talk Which is? <laughs> when I dragged his <laughs> body, potty guy, all over this radio, dragged him. That's what I'm talking about. Radio. You sure did. Drop one of Clues Bonds for Trav just because, man. Iconic moment. Oh, iconic moment. I agree. <laughs> well, I definitely want to say congratulations to y'all on 10 years, man. I've been, like, riding with y'all for yeah. the longest. I appreciate you, Trav. Yeah. Trav, let me ask you a question. You doing you doing you doing Elf on the Shelf, Reindeer in here, or Saint Nick on the? D- which one you doing? Saint Nick on the. D- okay, true, <laughs> true, true. Goodness right. gracious, bye, Trav. <laughs> Hello, who's this? 
Hey, good morning. This is Chili Chill. Good morning, uh, Envy, Charlemagne, uh, Ch- Chili Chill. Good morning to y'all, man. I What's hate your nickname. Hey, Yang. Hey, Yang. I don't like your nickname hey, this time listen. of year. It's too cold. Listen, man, I just, it's a beautiful day for me. Um, I ain't called y'all in a while because I knew the next time I called, I wanted to have something to really call about. Um, I closed on my house Friday. Congrats, bro. Uh, that, yeah, man, it's been a hard, hard year already with the coronavirus, and, and I've just been diligent, doing my due diligence, uh, just disciplining myself, buckling down for my fiance and my son, man. Uh, shout out to Erica Sibley. I love you, baby. Shout out to my son, Royal. 19 months, batting uh, 89% on the potty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I love it, man. Yo, um, that's real. Yeah, man. Like, like I'm a young black man just trying to make it in this crazy world, man. And and, and it's been hard. But uh, I don't let I don't let the, the struggles try to defeat me, man, because the struggle is to survive, but to survive is to find some meaning in the struggling. That's right, my you know? brother. And, 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 I, and I live by that. Um, Another thing, my, my, my little sister, um, Angela Woods, Angela Adams now because she's married, she moved out to Cali about eight, eight nine years ago, and uh, she's been thriving out there too. She lives in Sacramento now, and I just wanted to uh, shout out her, her, her organization, uh, Christian Modeling Association. You can follow her at at six, S-T-I-K-K-S, modeling. She runs a modeling business to uh, help Christians uh, enter the modeling industry without compromising their Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And uh, uh, Charlemagne, I, I know you into self-help books and stuff like that. Yes, sir. She has a published. She has a published book called "This Can Help Someone." It's endorsed by Shaquille O'Neal. It got the BMW Pay It Forward Award. Uh, that that's thriving also. If if, if uh, people can go check that out, but man, it's a beautiful day for me in my world, man. And I, I just want to uh, uh, just just put that positivity out there, man. We will uh, will do, King. Have right, a man. great day, uh, man. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We're here because you're looking for the best of the best of the best. The Breakfast Club is back with another memorable interview. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now, Chris Rock. The legend. Yeah. The walking the legend. memorial. There you go. Chris Rock. The walking memorial. Remember, Jay said that on the Hustling Remix. Jay-Z said, I'm a walking memorial. Only a few people get that, by the way. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll take it. Let me ask you a question, Chris. You've lived through a lot of these injustices, cops getting no punishment for things that happen to black people. How do you feel today? You know, there's just two levels. A, you're disappointed and you're hurt by what happened. And it's not just the cops. Remember, everyone in the chain of command should have been judicial system. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like whoever signed the papers that said, "Okay, go get him," you know, "Go get him," should be in there too. Uh, I'm also just upset that I'm used to this. You know what yeah. I mean? So it, it's sad that we're just here. You know, and. And her name is going to go on a, a stack of other names, yeah. you know. And there's a chance that three months from now that we're so busy with the next one that we forget about Brianna. That's, you know, yeah. not on purpose, but just, you know, the, the bodies just keep piling up. What do you tell your daughter? You know, because your, your daughter is out there. She's in school. And what, what do you tell her? How do you tell her to move to make sure that she's safe? Uh, You know, fortunately... You and I and everybody, you know, us five being you know, on the radio right now, we live lives that because of our economic status, we're not exempt from what's going on. 
but we kind of, you know, we're kind of on a hill and we get to watch what's going on. So we're a little safe, a, a tad safer. But yes, I do tell my daughters to keep their eyes open and their ears and be alert and just know where they are at all right. times. But, you know, we, we've been blessed. So I'm not really worried about the cops knocking down my door right now. But I, I realize that, you know, you know, that it's not even about my daughters. It's like my cousins and my my nephews and, you know, that have like normal jobs that are really out there. That's interesting to hear you say that, because I remember watching you getting pulled over all the time and you're rich, you're famous. How, how Have you ever felt free in this country? You can't possibly feel exempt. No, no, I don't feel like, I wouldn't say exempt, but I do, you know, like, when you punch my name up, even if you don't recognize me, somebody says something. Right. You know, I don't want to sound like a rapper, but I am Chris Rock. And, you know, me, you know, membership has its privileges. But every now and then you, you forget your card. Yeah. <laughs> and then you forget it. <laughs> That's very true. Chris, you were in Yellow Springs. How was that for you, performing in the cornfield? I love Yellow Springs. People that don't know Yellow Springs, Dave Chappelle, the, the honorable, all praises due to honorable <laughs> Dave Chappelle, uh, has, is kind of running like a, like a comedian summer camp in, in uh, Yellow Springs, Ohio. This, that's his hometown. And Dave's kind of like the unofficial mayor of the town. And he, uh, you know, Dave's got a bunch of land, and he kind of set up a stage in a cornfield and it's uh everybody's socially distanced we all got a uh, rapid covid test so you land your plane lands you get off the plane you get tested you wait your 15 minutes or 20 minutes however long it takes and once you get your negative test then they give you a wristband and you get were you nervous while you were waiting for your results were you nervous uh, I've been pretty separated, you know. I've been, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I haven't been, you know, in the clubs, in the underground clubs. <laughs> the flight, the flight, you know, traveling. No, nah, no, nah, I got, I got my own plane. I'm yeah, we right you know, wasn't. Yeah, he, he didn't fly. He didn't get there the same way you got there, Yeet. Yeah, we definitely weren't on the same plane. Again, hit me up. You can get on my plane. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> it's all good. All right, we got more with Chris Rock when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Charlemagne the God here, and I just want to wish a Merry Christmas to all my credit card scammers out there. Dis the season to find you a scammer friend so you can save some money in any major department store in America. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Chris Rock. How many calls did you get from the Democratic Party? after your statements that Democrats worsened COVID-19 by focusing on impeachment over the pandemic? Or did you even get calls from the other side? Like, would you like to come on Fox and talk about it? No, here's what happened. And here's the problem with everybody. No one reads the whole thing. Everybody just reads the headline. The headline. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this, a friend of mine, Mark Benioff, he owns a Salesforce. You know Salesforce, that computer software company, they have buildings everywhere. Mm -hmm. He called me up and go, oh, you are absolutely right. Now, it's the billionaire calls me up and tells me you are absolutely right. You know why? Because the billionaire read the whole article. And in the article, I say Donald Trump is like the movie The Last Emperor. He's a five-year-old running the country. Now, if you think a five-year-old is running the ship, 
you have a responsibility to actually look for the icebergs. Now, that's what I really meant in, to say. Mm -hmm. So if Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats believe Donald Trump is competent and they just disagree with his policies, then everything I said was wrong, and I apologize. But if you believe Donald Trump is totally incompetent, immoral individual who shouldn't be president and is unqualified to do this job, then yes, it is your job to not get caught up in motion and to actually look for the icebergs that are coming towards America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yes, it is, I'm a Democrat. I'm for Biden. I'm all, you know what I mean? I'm all in. Mm -hmm. But as the smarter people, you have more responsibility. That's where the so, checks yeah. and balances come in. I agree. You said uh, folks give Adam Sandler the benefit of the doubt when it comes to weird roles, and you want that for yourself. What did you mean by that, Chris? Because some people would say, Chris... I love, I love, I think Adam Sandler was robbed. I mean, I, I thought Joaquin was great in The Joker, but man, how did Adam Sandler not get nominated? <laughs> that is, uh, that, yeah, yeah. All this role stuff, whatever. That's that's literally my best friend. I love him like a, like a brother, and he was robbed for uncut. That's a good movie. Great the, movie. And you're working on a new movie. You're working on a new movie with him, right? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, it's weird. It's like all this therapy and all this stuff is like I got my brain back. Like I was having mm -hmm. a hard time concentrating, but now I'm just writing a lot lately. So I'm, I, wrote, I wrote this script about a year ago for me, Adam, and Dave. And uh, I'm, yeah, it looks like because there's no touring, it looks like it's closer to happening. That's dope. Wow, well, check that. out the new season of Fargo. It premieres on the 27th of September. And we appreciate you for joining us, Chris. Yeah. Yes, and for, inspire, and for inspiring to learn how to swim, because I don't know how to swim, but I love the fact that you went out there and Come did it. Up. I'm telling you, I got a guy. He'll hook you up. Like, I got a guy. I do not know how to swim. It's three embarrassing. To three weeks. Your whole life will change. How you do everything will change. One last question is quick. In terms of opportunity, is it better to be black now in entertainment or in the 90s? Or in the 90s? Every, I mean, the beauty of being black is the future's always better. There are no good old days. Maybe musically, right? All right. Bro, that's I'm so over up. The, the baby, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. All right. People don't have no good old days. <laughs> oh, that is All great. right. Well, it's Chris Rock. Thank you for joining us. It's the Breakfast Club. Good Chris, morning. Thank, thank you, brother. King. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with the Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. If you just joined us, we're just asking. I'm asking a serious question, right? No, I'm asking a serious question. Charlemagne, if you listen to the Breakfast Club for the last 10 years. That is a lie. You notice that I really think he's a little funny and... Funny as how? What you mean? Like, ha-ha funny? Or <laughs> I don't know if it's ha-ha funny. Like, what do you mean? What kind of funny? I don't know if it's ha-ha funny or you serious, but he flirts with me all the time. I'm not right? flirting with you. The, the problem is, Angela, you've been off all week. 
And being that Angela Yee been off all week, you've been really, really, really flirting. And the final Scroft Muse, when you played Trey songs about 10, 15 minutes ago and kept looking at me as you were playing the new I Trey did songs. Not. I, I think that's not. disrespectful to my wife. Well, let, let's let's go to the phone lines. A lot of people out what is there. The question, what is the question we're asking? The way you flirt with me is it disrespectful No, to is the way you flirt with me disrespectful? No, that's the question. Flirt with me. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Brandy. Hey, hey Brandy. Brandy. Is the way that he, he hey. flirts with me disrespectful? No, is the way that if he flirts with me disrespectful? Yes, it's disrespectful to your wives and to yourself because y'all not bisexual. Y'all shouldn't be flirting with each other. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. So we disrespecting both our wives is what you said? Yes, that's not right. You know, I I was in a relationship where the dude was gay and was hiding it. So they, they don't feel good on the woman's behalf. So you think, hold on, so you think that we actually flirt with each other? Yeah, y'all be flirting with each other. I listen to y'all every morning. I don't be yeah. flirting with any flirting really? with Really? So this is like a thing. Like this is really like they all really think we be flirting. And with she's an expert on this, by the way. So. Yeah, she's an expert. <laughs> Hello, okay. who's this? This is Tom. This is all one room from Amityville. Tom, hey, this up, is Tom? a safe space, Tom. <laughs> so I need you hey, to answer man. a question for me. Is it disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me? The way he flirts with me? Is it disrespectful to my man, wife? It is so disrespectful, Envy, that you don't accept the love that this man is giving to you, bro. <laughs> wow. What? All what right. Man is showing you the love, Envy. Take that love, bro. Nope. Take that love, man. I think Your maybe you... understand. She understand. Poopy Boy Senior is on deck. <laughs> let her know. You know what I mean? Let her know. Poopy Boy Senior is on deck. Tell your son, tell his friends. Say, yo, they'll get over it. Tell them boys. They know they Poopy Boys. They father's just not on the radio. My goodness. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is Roya from Brooklyn. Hey, Ray Hi, from Ray. Brooklyn. Ray. Ray. Nah, nah, Brooklyn, nah, Brooklyn. Roya, Roya, Roya. Bro- Royal? Royal. Yeah. Oh, can I, I, I need to ask you a question. Is it disrespectful the way Envy uh, flirts with me? Is it disrespectful to my wife? Is it disrespectful the way he flirts with me to my wife? Okay, first of all, Uncle Sharla, yes, we know you talk about Envy butt all the time. See? You are the one who bring up the butt jokes, the gay jokes, to everything when it comes to poor DJ Envy booty. Me? See? You know it's you, Uncle Sharla. See? Yes. Every time Envy even say anything that may refer to something that's not even on topic, you make it that way. <laughs> See? That is impossible. Like, I did not invent a remix. <laughs> Thank you so much. See, it's the truth. He's disrespectful, right? No problem. So you trying yeah. to say Envy never flirts with me? No, I don't. You always flirt with me. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is Kim. Kim, do you Kim, think it's disrespectful you, to my wife the way this guy no, flirts with Kim, me? No, Kim, is it disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me? Charlamagne, come on now. I have to tell the truth. Okay. This is Kim the Hill on the line. You are always messing with DJ Envy. <gasps> I'm Poopy Finger? Envy, Envy. <laughs> you know Charlamagne is always messing with you, so it's Charlamagne who starts it. Right? What? Doesn't he? Yes, he does. Thank you so much, Kim. This is You're unfair. Welcome. Who is taking these calls? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just going through them random. Wow. Hello, who's this? Hey, how you doing? This is Grella Hart, straight out of St. Louis, Missouri. You city finest. You're talking up, a little bro? too fast. Slow down. What's your name now? Grellin Harden, straight out of St. Louis, Missouri. You city finest. Okay. Harden. All right. Harden. Do you think it's disrespectful the way Envy's wife? I mean, the way Envy. <laughs> the way, do you think it's Whoa. disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me? Or my wife the way he flirts with me? Hold on. Neither one of y'all should be flirting with each other. That's our way against the rules. What rules? No flirting with. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That was a rule in the 50s and 60s, too, I remember. <laughs> Especially down south. All right? 
rights no, movement. Sir, and in a lot of different neighborhoods now, there's still that rule. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right? I understand you. I get what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. Hello, who's this? This is Tasha. Hey, Tasha, I'm just asking a question. Is it disrespectful to my wife the way this guy flirts with me? Tasha, is it disrespectful to my wife the way Andy flirts with me? Come on now. Honestly, if I was either one of your guys' wife, I would find it totally disrespectful the way that you guys flirt with each other. What? I, I, I don't flirt with, with that, I don't man. with him. You do. Both of you flirt. And I'm I'm curious to know where, who started it. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I mean, I, it's one thing to be cool with your, your man, your friend, have a bro, romance and all that. But some of the stuff y'all say is crazy. Like I would what? be like, if I was married. Like what? First of all, the little booty jokes and stuff. <laughs> all, all that is like over overboard to me. Tasha, if let I me was tell your you. wife. And I heard another man commenting about my man's butt. I ain't never commented on his butt. I ain't never commented on his butt. (laughs) Yes, both of you have. Both of you have. And if I was the wife, I know that you guys are just playing, but it's like, man, it's so common. Y'all always do it. Let me tell you something. Can I tell you a story? Can I tell you a story? What story you want to tell me? When I first, when I I moved back to uh, New York almost 10 years ago, there was a woman at an apartment complex and. She told me, she said, Charlamagne, come here, I need to talk to you. She said, you really need to watch out for DJ Envy. I said, why? <laughs> she said, because he's got a little got a little friend that he visits over here that looks just like you. I think you're his type. She says, short, he's short, bald head, same complexion. And he comes over here all the time. That was my friend, little Sean, that I went to college with. That's one of my best friends. I go, I used to go visit him all the time. He used to stay in the apartment building as, as Charlamagne. That's why she said that. But let's talk about the guy wow. that got on YouTube, and was like, his name was Glitter Stick, and he said that you used to take a bus to come see him and give him that painty painty. Boy, that's... Wait a minute now. Both of y'all deflecting. That, that, neither of those situations have to do with what y'all do to each other constantly. Goodbye, Taz. We don't want to talk to you no Neither more. one of y'all, uh, neither one of y'all side <laughs> got anything to do with, with y'all. Let's, let's go to one person. Peace yeah, and no. blessings. Who's this? Hey, it's me, man. You're using my phrase on the radio. Oh, Sean Stone. Oh, Lord. Sh- Sean Stone. I meant to put something in your cash app the other day. No, I did, for real. But but that wasn't the right. You, you sent me the wrong cash app. All right, so Sean, let me ask you a question. You listen to the show every morning, right? Sean, yes, yes. the way this man yes, flirts with me is it disrespectful? No, to my is it wife? disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me? So so the thing is, I've been listening to this show for mad long. Charlotte, man, you will lose this game. The reason why, even the listeners you flirt with. A dude could call on the radio and say something crazy, and you'd be like, you flipping around, you know what I mean? What are you talking so, about? Yeah, you will lose this game. You brought Envy your, your butt, a mole butt of your butt. See? So you flirt with Envy way too much, bro. See? So I think your wife will be upset, Envy's wife will be upset at you, son. Thank you. Son, who asked you? <laughs> Nobody asked you. Did somebody ask Sean? Did we ask Sean? I don't remember asking I, Sean. I asked him, all right. There's no moral of the story. Stop flirting with me. The moral of the story is... Let's get a room. No, <laughs> <laughs> what? I ain't playing with man. This guy is crazy. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club is back. Back, 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 back. Bring it back. With our best of interviews. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line. Yes, sir. Kevin Hart. What up? Kevin. Am I on the line or am I on a... What? This ain't a line. Well, well, Come on now, you look at you looking every bit of forty plus right now. Now stop. <laughs> <laughs> <What? Got it. laughs> 
came in hot. My bad. I came in. I came in aggressive. My bad. <laughs> Just back up a little bit. <laughs> Just to let you know, Angela Yee's a little twisted. She went out yeah, she last drunk. night. She had a good time She's last night. She's a little night. intoxicated. Just to let you know. Good for you. Hi. Oh yeah, you are. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Jay. So you're working already this morning? Uh yeah, I'm on set. I'm uh, I'm in Toronto. I'm shooting a movie called Man from Toronto. So my call times be pretty early. So right now you're in my my humble uh abode. This is my trailer. This is my home away from mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you enjoying yourself to two chains gray area uh yesterday on set when you had Woody Harrelson um acting like he had some rhythm. Yeah, for for a second. You know, I was in there feeling myself, man. It was a big day for me. My my special release yesterday. So congrats. Um, thank you, man. Zero f- is given. So I stepped on set with zero f- to give and showed that. Uh, while basically keeping my headphones on, listening to a tired song, and Woody didn't know what was happening, so he started dancing with me. It was a good time. You had to be there. So you filmed that that whole special in your house. Uh, yeah, the whole special was from the comfort of my own home. So that you was by the- yourself. So there, there was just your, your family was your your fans and your crowd. No, we did. Uh, I did it to where I had people come to. We did like a, a or because of COVID, mm-hmm. so you had to do like audiences, but they had to go through regulations they had to do the protocols you know the covid checks and we had to get them tested and they had to get tested three days before etc it was it was a lot but we uh you know we pulled it off the whole point behind it was just to uh put a creative a creative aspect back on my uh my side of comedy that was away from what i've done in the past so we went to the highest of the high with stadiums the theaters the arenas and in this one, it was about going backwards and going back to the intimate setting. And that intimate setting was one of what, what felt and looked like a living room. And uh, it was more of a conversation than a performance, you know, an honest conversation with, uh, with my point of view and how I feel about a lot of things today in, in, in my life. You know, everything is coming from, from my life, my experiences, my feelings. And the biggest frustration is just people and just the times. So I, I tried to do it in a way to where I could be truthful, but still get some laughs and, and still be funny. But in the most way, just say, y'all annoying as now. You know, people are, are they've turned into some annoying people. And this is this is why I feel that way. Is, is that why at the end of the special, you talk about, a, a, a you tell your wife you had a bad dream that you did a stand-up saying things you would never say? Was, was that your personal way to kind of like protect yourself against these cancel culture people? Yeah, you know, look, what what people truly don't understand is that you know now i'm uh i'm a ceo i'm a ceo of a lot of different things so you know my actions become falls for so many so the the that i say and do that could be considered or deemed bad or inappropriate you know it can be life-changing for the people that work underneath my umbrella whether it's for heartbeat whether it's for laugh out loud whether it's for uh left out loud radio i mean heartbeat ventures i can go on and on nobody even has an idea don't forget many, our company don't forget our company nobody even has an idea how many entities i i have so as you build these things underneath it there's a pyramid there's a bunch of branches to a tree so my consequences are real so i have to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. because everything at this level is a thing or becomes a thing mm-hmm. nothing is uh is brushed over so you know, and, and me doing and joking about the things that I joked about at the end, saying it was a bad dream. You know, that was a, that was a, it was, 
that was my way out of it. I can't even tell you how many things I've already got about the joke, you know, where I said my daughter might be a hoe. This is a whole activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that. I saw people writing about that already. Already, already got that. Um, what else? There was uh, oh, the the things about you know my ex-wife. It's that's come up. There's uh, me and and my attitude for being privileged in life. That's now a thing. You know, I'm complaining about that and my my child's uh, my child's my child's uh, affiliation with me and my lifestyle. Why is he complaining? Everything becomes a thing. It- the, the world, it just came out yesterday. You know, people are already complaining about it. You know, people already get shit to say. Yeah. I mean, for the for the the yeah. large portion of it, it's it's an amazing response. I already see and know what the numbers are, which is astronomical. Um, but I'm just saying that there's in this time, what what really is the the key thing that people gravitate towards is just something to say. Now, how did you how did you deal with the pandemic? Cause you you are somebody that always travels, always on the road, always working. But now you have to sit your ass down. So how how was that for you? And was, you had coronavirus. It was tough. You know, yeah. Think about it, man. I've been home. I've been home for it's it's going on a year, over a year now. Because mm-hmm. uh, I got injured. Remember my yeah. back. Yeah, my, yeah. So I was set down for that, and then after that, the pandemic hit. So I literally did. This was a result of the pandemic. I was I was home and I was like yo I I gotta figure it out I gotta do something I gotta put the pen to the pad so I started to create the stand up and when they finally opened up uh, Los Angeles I went and found like a restaurant that was outside mm-hmm. and it was like ten people you know that would come ten to twelve people that would come here on a daily and you couldn't legally do shows or performances in California. So it just looked like I would pop up at the same time every day while these people were there and they would just get a surprise hour of me working out jokes. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started to work on the material. And I did that shit for like three months and I was like, yo, I think I got it. I got I got my special. I'm gonna do this for my house. Mm-hmm. But you, that was you, a- you can't you can't say I think I got it at a time like this, Kev. Well, I, well, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I had- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Kevin Hart is here. We got more with Kevin Hart when we come back. Don't move. His special is out right now. Zero F's given. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I'm always right, so I know how to shoot, and I know how to fight. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Kevin Hardy as a specialist out right now. You know, Kev, I was um I was on uh, Twitter yesterday because I saw your name trending, so I clicked on it just yeah. to see if it was one of the jokes or something that I pissed people too. off. But it wasn't. It was a a, a lookalike from from Zambia. He said he stole, he stole your face. I, I I thought it was somebody playing with a filter on social media. I'm no. not gonna lie. No, that's that's him. That's him. Shit's scary. Yeah, <laughs> that's him. That is that's cool. Like you know, when people say somebody look like you. You look at them, and you like, man, I may not uh, be attractive. Like I may be <laughs> up in the face. And then you know, like this. This guy actually looks like me. Like it's not a joke. No, he it's not. Like my brother. He looks exactly like we were birthed from the same woman. Uh, but I thought he was playing with a filter. Like me one too. Of but that's him. That's the second time I've seen it. That's crazy. Did you reach out to him at all? Because when you see it, like, do you be like, do you hit him up and be like, yo, you really do look like me? No, what, what, that's weird. What am I saying? That? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 and I, and I seen you. I seen you starting to ride bikes now. 
Uh, man, I'm, I'm out there. I'm on the road bikes heavy. Charlamagne was making fun of me because I wear my little gel pants, and I'm like, the little gel pants got pad your ass. Hey, I, I talked about that in a special. It was all good till I gave somebody that visual. You know, it was the morning time. I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was uh, at the at the lowest point of mass. But you know, I, I'm I'm out there. I'm, I'm miles right now. If you, I'll I'll give you you know anywhere between that 18 to 25 mile ride, uh, just as a casual ride. And I think when I get back to some good weather, I'm gonna start pushing it. Probably try to put in somewhere around 125 miles a week. That's my new thing. You gotta get hobbies. I'm getting old, man. Okay. <laughs> now, look, did, 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 now, go back to your twin real quick. Have you ever done your DNA, your ancestry test, to see where your roots come from? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> no, Charlemagne. Why? <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to <laughs> you got family in Zambia, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlemagne, all the time. I check my DNA. Yeah. <laughs> I did my latest check yesterday. Who gives a <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking to see who I got, where I've never been. What do you want me to do when I find them? What do you want me to just, do? Just to know you got the connection to the motherland, that's all. You what? <laughs> <laughs> you say, what's up, cousins? I'm coming to do a show out there. <laughs> I never understood that. That's, that's not my cup of tea. When people want to find family, then they go do that awkward meeting. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of my homegirls found out that her dad wasn't her real dad from doing her DNA test, and she actually found her real father, but her whole life, she thought this man was her dad. And you know what that's called? That's called the truth. You go searching for it, you'll find it. You'll find it, you'll get it. What was wrong with the dad you had? What, to make you <laughs> well, you know what? Oh her real dad is way more successful. Yeah, but I'm saying, what was wrong with the dad she had? Why did you start What? What happened one day that made you say... No, no, she wasn't looking for it. She did her DNA test, and that's how she happened to find out. Why is my question? Why? <laughs> what was wrong with what you thought your DNA was? I get what you're saying. <laughs> Nothing wrong. I, I, I don't know why I'm going to go and search to see what may or may not be. Everything's been cool thus far. Yeah. <laughs> this up. I don't want to. I don't want to know nothing. I got no desire to know nothing. She was looking for her roots to see, like, where her ancestry was from. She's been crying then... ever since. She ain't been the same ever since. <laughs> now she's confused, trying to force a relationship with a man that's I still... I guess because so, then her, her real father's wife is mad about it. And she's and her, her father's <laughs> wife is like, oh, she wants money. But it's really her dad, so... Uh, dude, so what? That dad is just going to turn on love? How old is she? She's grown. She's, like, 40. Yeah, I blame this one on you being drunk, and <laughs> I'm gonna blame this one on you having a good time last night. And being... now, now you, watch versus, you, watch, you watch the verses? Are you into verses? Uh, yeah, I've watched them. Jeezy, Gucci, who, who you have? I don't know, man. Don't seem safe. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I ain't in it. I ain't in it. Don't be sad. Yeah, I, I, did, I did see you at Dave Chappelle in um in Ohio. I saw you do your stand up there, and that's where you revealed that you actually had coronavirus. Yes, yes. Uh, I went down to Camp Chappelle. That's what I call it. Dave is Dave is taking over this area uh, in Ohio. Man, he's turned it into something very amazing for the economy there. He was doing shows through the pandemic. He was basically giving jobs to thousands of people who had lost him. You know, he he really kept a large part of that city afloat. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came down to do one of the shows. This is when I got 
real comfortable with the set. So I wanted to see what the reception was, what it was going to be. And, uh, you know, Dave set it up nice. I went down there, did well, um, got to see his whole layout, what he's doing, what the plans are. And uh, it, it was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing. But I'm thankful for that because that was one of the tests that I needed outside of the small environment that I was performing in to see where the jokes were. So that's one that gave me confidence that uh, the set was where I wanted it to be. I want to ask you about one of your jokes from the this, this special, Zero F's Given. Have you actually been to Seinfeld's house? Uh, yes, but this wasn't, it wasn't for what I did in the joke. Okay. The bottom came from somebody else. That came from another person, a white person with brick oven pizza. It was just funny to put Seinfeld on it. it <laughs> Got you. Okay. You know, uh, Zero F's Given, and then I go, I had a dream I was at Seinfeld's house. Everything that was the dream, calling my daughter a hoe, all the bad things, that's the dream. That's the thing that I wish I could say and joke around with. Gotcha. Seinfeld is a part of that part. But, you know, people probably now say Kevin's a liar, him. He was never there. Piece of Who knows if they'll say Charlemagne. Thank you, Phil. Well, congrats me. on the new baby. Congratulations. Yes. Hey, man, I'm father of four. It's great, guys. I'm excited. <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> Hold on, somebody want to ask you. you, know, you somebody want to ask you some questions. Uh-oh. You know, you, 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 your girl is here from Philly, Taylor. Y'all the same size. Say hi, Taylor. Let me hi. see. Let me see. Got a joke? Got a joke? I can't hear her, but she's got the best jokes ever. Like they genuinely make me laugh. Go ahead, go. What do you call grandma that you're dating? <laughs> go. I don't know. Obey. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's not that funny. Come on now. I, it's not that funny. Y'all call me. It's not, I don't, I don't. not that funny. All right, you got one more. One oh. more. Oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you call someone with nobody and no nose? What do you call them? Nobody knows. <laughs> it's not that funny. That's not that funny. I'm sorry. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Why is envy this angry? Why is that not funny? <laughs> These are the people that you just got to question why they're not happy. <laughs> what is not funny about nobody knows? It's so bad that it's funny. That's brilliant. That's people brilliant? When did, we, when did we cross over to the tough branch where laughing is uncool? <laughs> that fun. I ain't having no fun. That's a funny joke. Do good stock jokes. I love it. Mine's, I tell her the same joke every time I see her. Kev, we should tell them a little bit about the Audible situation, well, hold man. Hold on, hold on. Let's do, let's do that when we come back. Kev Hart's here. Damn. Here's a new special... What? Angry, Envy. <laughs> we got to tease. We got to tease. You just can't dive in. You got to tease a little bit. Wow. Why is your face so like he's flirting with you? Back up. Back up, man. Kev Hart is the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yes, we're back. Kev Hart is here. It's the Breakfast Club. Why are your face so close to the camera? You can't see? This is why I turn it off when I be zooming. I don't like people knowing what I'm doing. You know, because you forget that you're on a Zoom. So sometimes I go too close. I, I can still see y'all, though. Yeah, we I was can see you. Trying to look at, I was trying to look and see what's behind Ange. I don't know where she is. She's where, where? Oh, okay. I was like, what studio are you at? It's, I just saw all the alcohol bottles. I said, maybe she's still having a good time right there. She okay. is. Okay, I see it now, Ange. I didn't know what that was. Now, what's your question, Charlamagne? No, I want to ask Kevin about the Audible situation that, that we just launched. You know, how, how, do, how do you hope the platform with Audible will... Just help uh, people on their journey, actors, actresses, whoever it is. Uh, here's here's what I want people to know, man. Charlamagne and I are doing something strong, and it's it's because of, like you just said, the opportunity to inform uh, and elevate within our community the opportunity for 
knowledge, right? Um, there's been a lack lack of diversity within this audio world of literature. There's an unknown side to it. People don't know that books are available this way um, within our community, within our culture. And what we want to do is drive uh, a significant a significant amount of talent um, and creativity to this particular idea, this IP. The world of developing audio literature concepts, um, autobiographies, stories, attaching our stars of today and yesterday to old IPs of the past and having them read them and voice them and bring light to them, to new ideas and bring light to them. It'll basically generate uh, enough attention to this younger generation to go, oh my God, I want to listen to that. I haven't heard that. I would love to know that story. Oh my God, I would love to be informed or educated on said concept because X, Y, and Z is attached to it now. It's just about making our culture um, get excited about knowledge. How do we get you to want more knowledge? How do we get you to want to gain as much mental strength as you possibly can to go and do the things that you want to do in life? or simply have things that are constructive to do with your time. You know, a lot of the negative shit that we deal with now comes from people just having too much time on their hands. Mm-hmm. You have too time when you're doing nothing. And the idle mind is a lost mind. So how do we give you things to occupy your mind and put you in the best place to be the best version of yourself? This is an entity that I truly feel like we'll be able to do that at a high level. Uh, I got to respect and appreciate Charlemagne, not just for his understanding of this world especially when it comes to audio but a true he has a true high level of love for wanting to engage with his culture and uplift his culture and when you got people that have that mindset that's the making of a great business and i truly believe that's when we started with audible i got to give a shout out to them for believing in idea investing in idea and allowing us to have our own entity underneath their platform to be uh, Black-owned and driven towards our community to uplift once again. So, you know, it's a dope thing. A dope f***ing thing. Did you see Lorenz State and Lawrence Fishburne, they sold their audio uh, show, Bronzeville? They're turning that into a TV show. It's This is the type of stuff that, we, that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an amazing opportunity. And and when you talk about audio show, you're, you're it's a concept that people might not grasp and realize is real. You right. can have audio content you know people are on the move so much now everything is on the go so much so giving you things that you can have while doing the things that you do especially having in your ears that's powerful it's different for today's time you know listening to a movie in your ears with no picture having people act out things uh in your ears it's it's a real it's a real concept and something that will be a reality and that we are both going to deliver on. I promise you that. I was going to say, I, I'm excited for that for you, but I'm also excited that you're remaking Planes, Chains, and Automobiles. Yeah, yeah, man, me and Will Smith. That's the first doing. movie that we're going to do together. Me and Will, we've been in the business. Will's been in it a lot longer than I have. But at the highest point of my career, it's always been crazy that I haven't cracked the code to work with Will. And we've had numerous conversations and our last conversation, we basically said, you know, like, we got to figure it out. It's it's now or never. And if it's not now, you know, we would have done ourselves a disservice. We would have done our city a major disservice. Like, there's no reason for us not to be on the big screen together. And I agree, man. So we sat down and we tried to crack 
what the concept could be and the remake of Plane, Trains, and Automobiles with our personality, with our cadences. Uh, it just fit. Out of all the things that came across our desk, this was the one that said we can deliver and uh, at, a, at a high level. So I'm excited about it. Are you the annoying one, the, the annoying character, or are you the one that's more straight-laced? Well, being that I'm annoying, I'm going to go with the annoying character. <laughs> yeah, I think that would work. What, 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 what happened, man? I, I wonder, always wondered how far did y'all get uh, with the production of, of Hollywood Shuffle. I know you and Chadwick Boseman, God bless the dead, y'all were supposed to do yeah. Hollywood Shuffle together, right? You know, that... Uh, a Hollow Nights. What, what, what was the remake? It was one of them. Uh, it was Uptown. Uptown Saturday, Uptown Saturday Night. Night. I'm sorry. The craziest thing about Chadwick's death that hit me so hard is we were talking. We we were we were talking and we were excited, man. Like I I was I was proud of that brother for all that he was doing. And I was like, yo, you're going to bring a different performance out of me because of how in depth you go within your characters. I said, I can't wait to work with you because you're gonna elevate my performance because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to keep up with you because you're not coming in to be funny. You're coming in to understand the character and, and to make sure that you got layers of who this individual is. And that's going to make me do the same thing. And the man was just breaking down the material. He was breaking down the individual. And as he was breaking it down, it made me go back and ask the right questions. And our writer had to constantly go back and, and change and redefine. And it was based off of Chadwick and his notes. And then the the sudden tragedy of, of him passing away, it, it hit so hard because you we never knew. Nobody never knew, man. And what I respect the most is that he didn't make it anybody else's business because he didn't want anybody else's pity. He didn't want anybody feeling sorry for him. He didn't want anybody laying out a red carpet because of his illness. Right. He wanted to continue to work and get the things that he deserved based off of his talent, based off of his 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 true impact on the business. And nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody knew. Like he he just did productions. He did a movie for for Netflix that was shot. He did a movie for Apple that was a nobody knew. We were developing uptown. We're we're on the phone. We're talking about the character. And as he was losing weight, I was like, he's about to do another role. He never even discussed it. I never even brought it up because I assumed yeah. nobody knew. And it 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 shocked me. It hurt me because I truly know how good of a dude he was. Right. And I truly know what he what he brought to the world of entertainment and to the craft of acting. He was one of a kind, man. And and you know, he'll forever be celebrated. But I, I, he was this generation's, and he, he is the Denzel for our generation. He, he was, he was that. Right. Eric Bozeman was that. As there, there's something or someone that comes in and replaces a thing that we've seen. And Denzel's gonna be on a pedestal forever. But he was the talent that had the, the, the true makings of that machine. Right. He was going to be that machine plus more. And even Denzel said it. Even Denzel, mm -hmm. you know, took that man under his wing mm -hmm. and applauded him. So it, it's it's just, it's unfortunate, you know? And, and prayers go out to his family and to all that were uh, impacted by a sudden death. Well, not sudden because the ones closer to him knew. 
you know, but I, I just, it, it hurts because I'm like, man, I was, I almost got to work with that brother. All right, now keep it locked. We got more with Kevin Hart when we come back. Usually we do the rumors, but Kev's here. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Usually we do rumors right here, but Kev Hart's here. Charlamagne? Does, does it make you move different, Kev? Because one thing I'm noticing about you now, everything you do has purpose, whether it's the Audible deal where you want to amplify black voices and increase literacy, whether it's the partnership with J.P. Morgan Chase where you're providing financial literacy. Can you do anything now that doesn't serve a bigger purpose? I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm almost done. I'm almost at the point now where I'm about to chuck up the deuces and, and bow out. I don't want to get to a point where I'm not enjoying my craft. I don't want to get to a point where I no longer love doing what I do. And making people laugh, that's a that's a that's that's my pride and joy. You know, giving people a reason to smile is my pride and joy. When when I see what we've become and where we're going, if we don't change and if it doesn't start to kind of <clears throat> get back to a way of of good and positivity or positive engagement of reception and, and love and energy, I'm just gonna I'm gonna remove myself. Like it's it's too much. When, when I think about my family, my kids, my wife, you know, and the energy that I'm putting out, putting out, putting out, it's it's going to be better used for other things if it's just, if it's the tug of war of what can, what can, what is, what isn't, what's good, what isn't. Like that's, it's becoming just a lot. And at the age 41, you know, I, I bust my ass. I worked hard. I didn't do it to, to be miserable at the end of the day. So when you say, does it have an effect on me? Well, my biggest effect now is it's truly not not giving a f at the level that I once did because I understand how precious life is. Wow. I understand how wow. precious those <clears throat> moments are. And some people may not until that is almost gone. It's been almost right. gone for me on numerous occasions right. for different things. But that light really almost went out. So now I'm... You know, it's not much that's that's going to bother me or move me like that. It's not much. And because of that, I would much rather, if the point, if it got to that point, I'm going to chuck the deuces up. I got you. I'm going to chuck the deuces up. I'm 41 years old, and I, I promise you, I'm not going to be a, a old man that's angry, that's supposed to be at the top of his game, and that's supposed to be enjoying the benefits from hard work. Uh, I'm going to give what I can, and if it's received, dope. If it's not, dope. I'm going to try to to put on for my city of Philadelphia and create opportunities for this young generation. If people see that, dope. If they don't, dope. I'm going to try to uplift my community however I can through the times that we're going through. My community realizes it, dope. If they don't see it, dope. I'm not, like, the, the world of constantly battling for perspective and opinion and and reception right like you you're trying to get received or what I'm I'm 41 I've been in it I feel you yeah I've been in it for a long time so you know my knees are starting to hurt I've been playing the game for a while I'm tired of icing my knees I, at some point as a basketball player you turn your back to the basket you no longer want to jump you don't want to dunk and after you start shooting fadeaways and people stop saying that you're playing the way you used to. You go, you know what? 
I don't play no more. <laughs> I'm good. I'm going on. Matt, now I'm going to go own the team. Yeah, I thought I go. I thought I got better. I thought I got better with my yeah. back to the No, y'all don't think I'm getting better? I'm still averaging the same. You ain't the same. You ain't dunking on people. I know, but I'm still scoring. This doesn't make me better. It doesn't make me smarter. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't see that? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and coach the team that I used to love, and then I'm going to try to own it, and then I'm going to slowly back out. There okay. you go. Well, we appreciate you for checking in, brother. That's right. Zero F's Given is on Netflix right now. I appreciate y'all. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Streaming everywhere on Netflix, man. Number seven. Special number seven. Uh, do I get to ten? I don't know. Maybe if I do, dope. If I don't, dope. dope. <laughs> you I won already, dope. Kev. You, you already home. You home already. Brother, I can be honest, and I will say this to you guys. I swear to God when I say this. I'm happy. That's I'm, all that matters. That's all that matters. That, to me, that's an achievement. And if you if you reach that, Dope. Uh, if you haven't, you know, I pray that you do one day. You get to a place where you're happy with yourself. I, I enjoy doing what I f-ing love. Right. Uh, if that ever gets compromised, then I, I just don't do it anymore. I enjoy it right now. This special is a sign of me doing what I love and me being happy about it. So go see it, man. It's a, it's a great concept. It's from the comfort of my home. I'm in my goddamn living room. Uh, and I said things that I felt like I wanted to say. If you like it, don't. If you don't, don't. That's that's my yeah. no, no. True indeed. Back up, man. Yeah, you're too close now. <laughs> you're too close. <laughs> All right. too, close. too close. All right, well, it's Kevin Hart. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the Day goes to the Jefferson County Grand Jury and Attorney Daniel Cameron in Kentucky. Uh, whoever else was responsible for making sure, for ensuring that justice was not served in the shooting death of Breonna Taylor. This donkey is for you, too. Uh, If you haven't heard, a Jefferson County grand jury indicted one of the officers, Brett Hankinson, on three counts of first-degree wanton endangerment because jurors said several bullets he fired inside Taylor's apartment March 13th went into a neighboring apartment where a pregnant woman, a man, and a child were home. But neither him nor Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly or Detective Miles Cosgrove were charged with killing Breonna Taylor, an unarmed black woman. Um, Look, I I wasn't expecting any type of justice. This is America, okay? When justice is served, I'm shocked, pleasantly surprised, joyful even, which is whack because we should never celebrate people for doing what they are supposed to do. But when justice isn't served, I honestly don't know what I am. Each case is different. Each case feels different. Uh, I was talking to my dear sister, Angela Rye, last night, and I told her I just I just feel bad, okay? I feel humanly helpless because at the end of the day, as a black man in America, I just want to win. That's all we want, you know? And winning to me isn't being the richest. It's not being the most successful. Winning to me is just being free. What does that mean? I don't know. Winning to me is just simply receiving liberty, equality, and justice. You know, those democratic values they tell us about. Those three words are supposed to represent basic values of democratic political systems. At the bare minimum, a human in this country should be able to get liberty, equality, and justice. But we know that's not the case when you're Black. All right? Democratic values are supposed to support the belief that an 
orderly society can exist in which freedom is preserved, but order and freedom must be balanced, right? So when you see all this civil unrest in the street right now, after verdicts like Breonna Taylor happen and people are acting out of order, it's because there's no balance, all right? Order and freedom must be balanced. There will never be order when the people are not free. And it's hard to feel truly free when you don't feel protected, when you know at any moment in this country, your human rights can be violated. See, we keep talking about our civil rights being violated. Let me tell y'all something. In order for one to respect our civil rights, they have to respect our human rights, which is my right to simply live, okay? What does this country say? Uh, I think it's my, my right to life and liberty. That BS, uh, th this country says everyone is entitled to these rights without discrimination. <laughs> well, where that's at? Why I don't feel that way? I'm a black man. If it wasn't for my faith in a higher power and my right to bear arms, I would never feel safe in this country. And that's what I mean when I say I want black people to win. A win to me is us as black people feeling protected. Okay, hard to feel like that when you live in the United States of anxiety. Okay, I want black people to feel like we matter. I want us to be able to, you know, deal with our generational traumas and heal. But we are not ever able to do that because we keep getting re-traumatized over and over in this country. This country will always remind us that black lives simply don't matter. I got a beautiful black wife, three beautiful black daughters. I am a black man. I just, you know, think about it. Today we mad about Breonna Taylor. We still mad about George Floyd. You got Ahmaud Arbery, but all those names are interchangeable with Sandra Bland, Walter Scott, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Natasha McKenna, Philando Castile. Could be you. Like, it's just too much. And I know, I know, I know, vote in November. Look, I plan to. But please, politicians, don't politicize black pain to scare me into voting because these injustices happen under Democrats, too. It doesn't matter what party is in power, because once again, this isn't about civil rights. It's about human rights. And white people in this country have always looked at black folks as subhuman. So does it matter who's in office locally, nationally, when we've been watching police and damn near everyone else get away with these types of injustice towards black people forever? Once again, I'm voting, but don't politicize black pain to scare me to vote. Don't tell me how the justice system needs to be reformed. No, 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 because that system was never designed to provide equal justice across the board. Okay, when they say justice for all, they were not talking about black folks. Bernie Sanders hit it on the head when he said in a tweet, Breonna Taylor's life mattered. This result is a disgrace and an abdication of justice. Our criminal justice system is racist. Okay, the time for fundamental change is now. Key words in that, our criminal justice system is racist. There is no reforming a racist system, okay? You gotta overhaul the whole thing from top to bottom, throw it out. The criminal justice system in America is defective product. Take it off the assembly line. Let's build something new because this is not working. I, I don't have the answers. Okay, I'm just telling you how I feel. I hate when I hear politicians get asked about these situations and the first thing they say is, make sure you protest peacefully. We don't need any violence. How about tell that to the cops? Tell them to police peacefully. Tell them we don't need any more violence. Hell, show and prove through actions and deeds and hold them accountable when situations like Breonna Taylor happen. And maybe they will slow down on violence. What are the consequences to their actions? They don't lose their pensions. They don't go to prison. What will ensure that situations like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and insert black name here don't happen again? All right, these politicians be having more smoke for protesters than they do the police. You have more smoke for the people in pain than the people causing the pain. These politicians love acknowledging the effect 
but not the cause. It's sickening, man. It really is. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I have faith in God, okay? I go to therapy to avoid going crazy. And I think every black person in America should own a legal firearm and you should know how to use it. That's all I got, black people. That's all I got. If y'all got some great ideas, I'm all ears. But at this moment, today, right now, I got nothing. Just like Breonna Taylor's family got nothing in regards to justice. And if there is no justice, there's no peace in the streets. Okay? And that's the way karma works. In America, almighty America, no one, and I mean no one, can escape the law of karma. Please let Remy Ma give the Jefferson County Grand Jury and Attorney Daniel Cameron the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker! are you dumb? All right. Well, thank you mm -hmm. for that donkey of the day. I wish I didn't All have right. to do it. We're here because you're looking for the best of the best of the best. The Breakfast Club is back with another memorable interview. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. A whole legend. <laughs> That's God right. damn it. Charlie Wilson. That's right. Welcome, sir. Uncle Charlie's here. Thank you, man. Uncle, Uncle Charlie. Charlie. What's, What's up, up, my brother? Legend, God damn it. Man, I hope I look good. A whole legend. Thank you, man. Not a quarter, not a half. Whole yeah. legend. A whole legend. Yeah, I still, I still, I'm still whole. <laughs> been through a lot of. Shit. I can't believe I'm still whole? put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been been rough through my life, but I'm good. Man, I can't wait till I, I hope I look as good as you when I'm. What you? 60, 67. Sixty-seven. Yeah, man. God, this damn, last week I turned. Happy birthday, man. Thirty-seven. <laughs> that's what. <Yeah>. Man. <laughs> that's your real hairline. Uh huh. God damn, boy. You are so jealous. You're so jealous of people with hair. Come hide your hair. Come hide your hair. Come hide your hair. You know. You do have an amazing hairline. If you just, you know, if you start getting bald, and just sprinkle some of that on there, you know, be done with it. Sprinkle what? Give us the secret. What you sprinkling on there? Topics if you need it. Topics if you Man, you you can make a new hairline. My guy in the front right now will sprinkle some on your head. Oh, no, I don't want that. Nah, nah, nah. Envy got that. I don't want that. I definitely don't have that. My mind is real. No, it's not. It's natural. All berries and juices. Okay. Berries and juices. It's transplanted from the back of his head to the front. Now, how do you have so much energy at 67? I seen you perform in Bermuda. Aruba. It was Aruba. Aruba. And you killed it. And I was like, how does he still have all that energy? Man, I didn't get a chance to finish doing what I was doing when I was in my 30s, and I was just pissed off about that for so many years, and so I only know how to perform one way, and that's just that way. What do you mean you say you didn't get to finish what you Well, I mean, you know, I, you know, the, everything just turned sour, and so I didn't get a chance to really finish and get where I was trying to go at that time, and so when I, when I asked God for what I needed and what I wanted in life, when he gave me the opportunity to go get that again, mm. I just went hard. I just been going hard ever since, and everybody's like, how in the hell are you, uh, you know, doing what you're doing is because... Uh, you know, I'm I'm ready to do it the right way this time. You know, so was it bad business deals? Or man, was I was it? just high. Drugs, was high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was drugged out, thugged out. Everything you want to say, I slept. Ended up sleeping on the parked cars and parked trucks. Mm. And when I got up, asked God for some. Can I get me? Send me somebody to help me get out here. And I was going. Went to a liquor store. But when I came out, I seen my cousin, mm -hmm. and we used to get high together. Mm -hmm. But she was your color. <laughs> and, and, and she was yellow. Beige. She was that, your color, but when we was getting high, her skin was black, patchy marks everywhere. Yeah, that discoloration. Yeah, yeah so yeah, kind of like Charlemagne, like the patchy. <laughs> no, for real. That, that used to happen to me when I used to drink a lot. Yeah, get them dog Dog marks, marks everywhere. Yeah. So when I seen her, she was high yellow. I said, "Damn, cuz, give me a hit." She's like, "Cuz," she. I saw them tears rolling. I said, "What's wrong with you?" She said, "You dying?" I said, "No, I'm not." I didn't weigh about 115 pounds. Wow. <laughs> yes, you are, cuz. You got to come on out of this. 
I was like, come on, cuz, what you talking about? I said, you look good. She said, I've been sober for three years. Mm -hmm. I said, three years, it's been that long? She said, where you been? I said, I've been out here. Where was your family at that time? Your brothers, your parents, you just were... My, 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 my mom, they lived in Oklahoma, so I was I was in Los Angeles mm -hmm. on the streets. And But, you know, you don't want to go on to mama with that, man. You know, yeah. you know you're a crackhead. You got to, you know, got to do it yourself. And so when I saw her, she was said, I'm, I'm, I've been sober for three years. She said, let me just take you to the rehab while I, I, I went and I'm teaching out there, so... I promised I would let her do it, and uh, and I've been sober ever since. That was God sending an angel for That's 25 years man. ago. Wow. <laughs> was it the, was With it, no relapses and none of that, no turnarounds. Wow. Was it the industry that turned you out? Because I, I always heard a rumor that Total Experience Records man, it used was to pay their artists in cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I used to hear. They used to pay the artists royalties in cocaine. No, it wasn't. He didn't do that. But uh, it, 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 it could have been a better situation for me, but I handed my situation over to basically like family members. Taking care of everybody else before you take care of yourself. Yeah, and so I was left with nothing. Damn. Wow. So that took you into like depression maybe? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, and, and, and in the streets, you know, it was always gangsters, pimps, and, and dope dealers. Mm -hmm. And so they all just took care of whatever I needed. They would just give it to me. And every, so everybody make, knew you. Yeah, so it wasn't like I spent all my money on it because I never had to spend no money on no drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, it just ended up taking me out the game, period. Man, so you was a crackhead crackhead. Oh, man. I snorted, I snorted but after, after a while, man, I had a hole in my nose. Wow. Damn. Really? For real? Mm -hmm. Burned yeah. a hole in your nose? Oh, yeah. Well, that's when the was good. That was that that's raw and cut yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so when they, when they chopping their bag up, it was just a hill. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you used to make you sing for it or nothing? I, I ain't doing that guy. What do you think I am? I'm just saying, you know how they do No, I ain't doing that, man. You think you're going to perform for it? Hell no, I ain't finna do that. No, man. Come on, do one of them ooh-wees for me, mother. You know what I'm saying? No, I ain't do that. But it was like, where you been, Charlie? I would always say, I've been in the studio all night, man. He said, come on in here, man. Take a shower or something. You don't look that good. Here, I got some on the table in there for you. Go get, take a shower and then leave when you want to. Just lock the door. And it'd be like that. Man. But I, I was sleeping on the side of the building, behind the bushes, or sleeping under the U-Haul the trucks that was in the parking lot. What about your old music industry friends? They didn't... Man, come on, man. Nobody want to with you when you're looking like that. Yeah. What, about, what about your brothers? Because they were in the group with you in the Gap Band. Well, let's, yeah, I was going to say, did, let's go back. Let's, yeah. let's, let's yeah. tell the history of Charlie Wilson. Mm -hmm. If people who don't know, I'm sure some youngins that might not know. Legendary group, the Gap Band. Now, how did you get your start in the music industry? And for people that don't know who Charlie Wilson is, well, let's first talk about of all, I was, I was a young buck. I used, me and my friends, mm -hmm. we played music. So at teen, before teenage years, we, were, we had a band. Mm -hmm. And uh, we called ourselves the GT, Carver GTs, or something like that. We were young, about mm -hmm. 12 years old. So we used to play in the YMCA on Wednesdays mm -hmm. for the classmates. And, uh, like, about after a month, it was just, like, it was more teachers than, than students. Because, see, we played like grown people. We was right. 12 years old. Right. And so I became first-name basis with the teachers. And so, you know, women, you know so what happened after that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 12. That female teacher's probably about 22. Mm -hmm. I'm already living a grown life, sort of like. Wow, you knocking off the teachers at that age? Sick, Come on, man. Well, that's called, I mean, listen, that's called, we know that, we know now that's molestation. Yes. Yeah, that's but what it is. But back then. I mean, I, I mean, you didn't know, you, you 
Oh, you, you didn't know to think there was going to be that, you know, whatever, but... Started for me at eight years old with a 20-something-year-old woman. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I was hanging out with grown people, though. What's the teacher name? Let's meet to her real quick. <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> no. So how did the Gap Band get created? So, I was... That band that we had, we got a little old. We started playing Happy Hours. Mm -hmm. Two years later, we about 14 or 15, and then the places is packed. And so this band was across the street was when my oldest brother was in that band. And they was like, man, who's across the street? They said, your little brother over there, man. <laughs> he over there turning it out. And so he's like, man, you need to get out of this band. And I was like, no, I don't. He said, yes, you do. I'm going to tell mama you in here then. I'm going to tell mama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell mama you in here playing. They said, you over at Dino's house, you know, sleeping, you know, staying all night with each other on the weekends. I was like, hey. I said, yeah, we back and forth at mama's over his house, back at our house. He said, no. You've been playing here, because I've been hearing about it. I said, anyway, long story short, after we got to high school, I decided, you know, he was like, man, you got to get out this band, man. Come get in this band where I'm in. I was like, and we was getting ready to graduate. We was trying to figure out what college we was going to. Everybody's going to different colleges, and I said, okay. His band was already called the Gap Band? It wasn't a Gap Band at that time, but it was like, we ended up calling it that. The Greenwood Archer and Pine Street Band. All right, we got more with Charlie Wilson when we come back. Now, if you don't know about Charlie Wilson, you might know some of his classic records. So we're going to do a mini-mix, all right? It's going to be some records that you heard and be like, oh, that was Charlie Wilson? Yes, that's what we're going to do right now. Your favorite Charlie Wilson joints is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with OG legend Charlie Wilson. You might know from the group The Gap Band. Charlamagne? I was going to ask you what's the cultural significance of the group name The Gap Band. I was going to ask you yeah. what does that mean? Greenwood, Archer, <laughs> and Pine Street Band. This is all and neighborhoods. Was, it was, Greenwood was where Black Wall Street was. Mm -hmm. All rich black people, mm -hmm. multi-millionaires, mm -hmm. had their own bus companies, had their own grocery stores, That's had right. their own black-owned banks, That's right. everything there. And then um, the white man came and blew it all up. Burned it up. Because this black dude and this white chick was having sex, going with each other. But that was really hush -hush in the 20s. And they was in the same building. They come down the elevator together and open up on that ground floor. And all them white people was there. So she come out screaming. He raped me. Yeah, well, he just come out screaming. So they yeah. just grabbed him and dragged him. So because they like, you know, you ain't supposed to be in no elevator with no white woman. So they couldn't say that they had been doing anything. So they just beat him and um, and then they started burning things. And then they started, the police was knocking on doors and the black people answered the door. They, sh they shoot him. Kill him, yeah. Yep. So he's trying to wipe out all of North Tulsa. That's such an important story that I feel like still hasn't been told the right way. I think yeah. people need to see that. They kind of flirted with it in that uh, the HBO show, The Watchmen. But it's like, yo, people need to see that because black people have built these great communities. Yeah. But they've been snatched away from us. Driving. Absolutely. Well, they were, see, the white, the, the white community was really mad at that, at um, at this black community because they had everything, didn't need anything. They didn't have to come out of that community for nothing. Mm -hmm. And they was mad because the black people wouldn't go and, 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 do, and work for them anymore. Had it all. Is that story told in Tulsa a lot? Because I always wondered, like, what was taught to kids growing up in Tulsa? Well, you know, to what? teach them the importance of having their own. Basically, it was it was not supposed to be talked about at all. So the people, the blacks that lived long, mm -hmm. said, "Don't ever bring that up, ever." Really? Because if the, the white police officers, if you said, "Tell me what happened," and who, if they started talking about what happened, and they just kill them. Wow. Yeah. What, what has kept the Gap Band from, like, being seen as one of, like, the upper echelon groups in R&B, you think? You're a product of your environment, your association with people. See, if you... Let me just say this. If you're a known pimp, 
Or if you're a known drug dealer and you go get this, these kids over here and you're trying to promote them or dinner, then nobody's going to hardly mess with you. Or if you're a gangbanger, nobody want to be bothered with that. So right now, going to push you over here with it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, no, I don't want to have nothing to do with that. This dude's crazy. Never know what he's going to do. You know, so... We just, we did it the best way we could do. Do you know how big uh, We Can Make It All Right was for, for DJs? Oh, yeah. You know, that was my wedding song. Really? Yeah. The we acapella, can make the, it all right. The acapella. Yeah. Like, We've you, had a share of troubles. Many more than others. Well, who else told me that? Uh, uh, With a little love and understanding. Woo! Climbing in the mountains, and be you ruining it, man. But as long as you and me, girl, that's God, man. There is no. That's not God. That's the absence of God. When you sing, that's God. That's God. Night, we kiss. That's my God. We were forever. About to call my wife right now. He really will too. Next thing you know, how many times do people call you to do private singing things for Valentine's and stuff? Oh man, they they call a lot. But they don't have enough. They don't have enough. Uh, they don't have enough money. <laughs> no, they don't have enough. So we we just kindly just turn them down. We, we basically, you know, my manager over there, he don't say you don't have enough money. He say, I'm sorry, we, we, we're we busy right now. We That's can't right. do it. There's got to be at least one person that paid Charlie Wilson to come sing for him. Oh, yeah. Probably. I mean, I, I did go. Yeah. I've done it. Who? Magic. Magic. I, I Magic played Johnson. for Magic Johnson. Yeah. I played for the Kardashians. Uh, Chris. Uh-huh. Chris Jenner. Michael Jordan. Michael, Michael Jordan. Just at the house. No, no, he, he had his, his function. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Magic, Magic sure Johnson new- is a big fan. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan is a big fan. I'm a big fan of his. And so it was like, it's different. Mm-hmm. Right. I was in the car. <laughs> they parked in front of a store. And it's, there's two chicks got up. My wife was in the store. And um, I was playing one of my songs I had been working on. And it had just came out. So I was listening at it to see if how I can remix it. I was just listening in the car. So I, she got up. She said... She opened up the door and let her sister out, and she closed the door. She looked over there, and I turned the music up. She said, hey, who are you? Why, why are you playing that so many times? I said, I'm trying to learn, make sure I learn my lyrics. Yeah, right. Like you some damn Charlie Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't no goddamn Charlie Wilson. Wow. <laughs> so, so I said, no. I said, I am. I am, but it's, she said, man, you know what? She said, well, where your wife at? I said, she in there. Uh, she's like, yeah, right. And then her sister came out screaming and uh, with my wife. And I said, that my wife here? And she said, ah! Yes, she's going screaming. <laughs> then she said, I'm getting married. My daddy got the money. Trust me. I, I just got you to pl- need you to play for my wedding. But I was at that time, I was like, you know what? I'm not finna turn into the damn wedding singer, that's for sure. So You ain't do it. You do a bar mitzvah or something or something like that. Why not? You got the money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause you didn't do it. You got the money, huh? You didn't do it. Man, I, I, I wrote it down, and by that time, he, he, my manager done booked some shows, and we booked by then. Um, yeah. How do you decide who you want to work with? Because a lot of these art- artists now want to work with Charlie Wilson so badly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you and Bruno Mars, Tyler, mm-hmm. the creator. Yes. We know you have a great re- relationship with Snoop. Mm-hmm. But how do you yeah. decide? Because I'm sure there's artists that are doing really well, putting up those numbers, but it has mm. to go on brand with what it is that you do, too. Mm. They called. I've seen a few of them, <clears throat> excuse me, at the at the Grammy Awards. I was getting up at the same time, uh, the superstar rapper and his superstar wife. Mm-hmm. He's like, damn, I'm standing in front of Charlie Wilson. God damn, man. Can I get some of that? And, you know, just like a verse or a hook. 
I was like, yeah, man. It don't matter. You and your wife can come on. We can do it. But uh, I can't oblige everybody, you know, because right. I'm so busy. <clears throat> you talking about Jay-Z and Beyonce, right? <laughs> you trying to guess, and I ain't going to tell you it's that. It's superstar rapping and well, superstar white. What else am I doing? I was going to meet Cardi or meet me. Oh, Kanye, maybe? It's a bunch Kanye. of... I, I always work with Kanye, but Offset. I'm just saying. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't ever say it. I would love to work with our, Offset and, and Cardi, Cardi B. B. Don't yeah. play. Offset, Cardi, oh, make yeah. that happen now. Come yeah. on now. <laughs> yeah, so it's... it's uh, Cardi got an album coming out soon. She sure yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. I got one coming out soon, too. So. <laughs> you know album, there we go. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I know you probably had that little problem doing what you do. Sometimes you try to go on the road with somebody. I treat you right, give you the number you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Because then you're going to set the building on fire. All right, we got more with Charlie Wilson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The OG, the legend is here. Charlie Wilson's in the building. Charlamagne? Didn't Snoop almost make you relapse one time? I heard a story about that. He was in the studio smoking weed and your no, wife. No, no, I, I, I wasn't a weed smoke anyway. He, Snoop Dogg couldn't, couldn't make me relapse. It was your wife that was like, we ain't doing that. I wanted to do some work with Snoop. It was the first time I had seen him since. He said he saw me. And she put an A before S, anything. So a Snoop. <laughs> a Snoop? A Snoop. <laughs> so they was all smoking. Tupac, everybody was in there smoking. And so Snoop came, and man, he was like fired up. She's like, a Snoop, I'm sorry. Could you put that out? He was like, excuse me? She said, you got to put that out. My husband can't come in there with you smoking that. He said, word? She said, I'm, I'm going to take him home then. He said, no, 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 that's okay. She said, he's clean and sober. I must have been like my first year or second year. Mm -hmm. You should have seen him putting it out, man. He said, man, y'all put that shit out. I don't can't come in here if you put that shit out. So mm -hmm. everybody put it out. I went in there and did, some, did the songs and... What year was this? Uh, 96, 97. Mm. Tupac wasn't there in 97, then. 96? Yeah, yeah, he died in 96, early, late 96. Yeah, 96. It was, yeah, somewhere yeah. There. it was somewhere in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did you know she was doing that, or did she just... No, she didn't care if I knew or not. Right. She just straight tell him. She tell <laughs> all them gangsters, and all them, them right. death row gangsters and that. Y'all got to put that out. I'm not going to let him come in here. So they was like, oh, oh, word. One time I went to Snoop's house, and uh, I made him stop smoking for a year. Really? really? Why? Yeah, remember he said he quit smoking? Yeah. I took him in his own kitchen and had a conversation with him that he didn't like, and then he just sit there and just said, with them frowns a little bit, I said, you got to stop, man. You got to stop. He said, for real? I was like, hey, man, you got a wife in there, and you got them little ones in there, you got to stop. And so he's like, okay. I can't so even. So he went up, got in there, come back with a box, shoe box he had something in there, dumped it in the trash can. Damn. And dumped it. I said, go get the rest of it. <laughs> he went in there and got some other one and dumped it. And so I said, I know you got something here, but that's okay. I just want you to throw it all away. So I went home, and a week later, I talked to Sean, his wife, and she said, Uncle Charlie, what you say to Snoop? <laughs> I said, why? He ain't smoked nothing since you left. As a matter of fact, he's throwing everything out. And he, he, he lasted about a year. What did you say I to can't him? Even... What did you say to him to make him stop? Like, well, I you... just basically was just saying, hey, man, you know, you got family. Family's more important than this right here, you know? And so we just got to just put a curve on it and let's just go and do the right thing. You know, I'm doing the right thing. You should do the right thing. Let's just let's just do it and take care of family, take care of your life, take care of your health, you know, write some some some, some great music, and let's just go. And this, he says, that sounds good to me. And that's what he did. You so, got Kanye to turn to God, too, right? I heard that you told man, Kanye I've been to talk, God Man, I've been talking to him for so, so long about just life and God and the self. Because everybody used to look at me like, 
Because, man, I go testify. I testify on my shows. That's right. And get to shouting right there after that. Have 18,000 people shouting with me. Mm -hmm. You know, and then go right in the outstanding after that or something. Mm -hmm. right. But, you know, you got to, you know, pass it on. You know, some people are... Are having problems and you know it. So you think you you the reason Kanye turned to God in that way? Well, I'm I'm not gonna claim that, but you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying. I, I I used to talk to him a lot about you know that and um, I like I talked to all of my superstar nephews. I call them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, hey man, come on, we gotta do this right thing. And you know, I said, you know me, I don't care nothing about this thing you got going up in here. Don't nobody take this picture. Don't nobody, you know. I brought I got my phone. I'm got my phone. Hell, <laughs> I ain't finna put my phone nowhere. You don't know how to use that phone. <laughs> I, the flip up? The Captain Kirk flip up? <laughs> That's what I got. I said, it ain't no smartphone. I said, it's a smart. <laughs> what the fuck, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a, it, it, I was a smart one with the phone, so we're good. I, lo I love the way you talk about your wife. You said that you weren't even living until you met her. You just was existing. Man, I was existing. Mm. I met her in the rehab. When I got to that rehab, I was in bad shape. So I had a little something in my pocket. I was trying to hit it for a week. Then she knocked on the door. I said, how you doing, ma'am? She's like, you need to participate more in these classes. You know, you're falling asleep now. And she said, I know why you're falling asleep, because you're detoxing, your body's detoxing. But you, you got you to gotta participate. You got to find these tools for the rest of your life. So she said, what you going to do when you get out of here? Then I broke down there, man. I was like, I don't have nowhere to go. And she said, well, you don't have, what do you mean you don't have nowhere to go? I said, I don't have nowhere to go. I'm homeless. She was like, homeless? And you don't have nowhere? I said, no, man. So she said, Wednesday, I'm going to take you to look for you a place to live. So Wednesday came, and she got me a pass. I got in her car, and she took me for a place. And uh, it was three-car garage, house upstairs, downstairs, I think four or five bedrooms or something like that. Next day we went, and she found the furniture, filled the whole place up with furniture. How'd you pay for this house? Oh man, I ain't got I ain't got a dime. <laughs> so uh, she got she put the furniture in and um, and I said, okay, what about the car? She was like, I ain't giving you no yeah, car because it. you know you gonna your you subconscious gonna take drug. you to the drug house, yeah, or the right. dope house, or the liquor store. So I said, well, I can't be in here by myself, man. I was just like, I don't know what you're looking at me for. <laughs> I don't know you like that. I was like, well, it sure be nice if you stay here with me. You ain't say it like that. Oh, man, I did. I, I was kind of calm. I, you know, I was trying to, I'm trying to sneak up on her, but That's you know. That's that old school G. <laughs> <laughs> right. You sure you ain't singing to her? No, no, I, I hadn't sing it yet, but okay. uh, she didn't even know who I am. She, gotcha, she gotcha, don't know gotcha. nothing about no R&B music at that time anyway. Gotcha. So she paid for the house and the furniture? She bought it all. She paid for it all. Long story short, I did talk her into mm -hmm. staying there, and she said, um, first kept saying, I don't know you like that. But anyway, one day I said, ma'am, I'm going to tell you something about me. If I leave out this house by myself, going somewhere, only being in this rehab for only 28 days, I'm telling you now, I'm going to die out there. Mm. It won't be another chance for me. So she uh, moved in with me, and she told me, she said, one day she said, We'll be in here one year, and I guarantee you, after this one year is up, you're gonna we'll have you can buy your own house. I was like, how's that? She said, you see, come on. We was in that house one year, and the spirit said, get in the car. We started driving. She said, where you going? I was all up in San Canyon. This is what these big mansion houses is. And she was like, why are you looking at these big houses like this? It's just me and you. Why do you want it? And I couldn't answer the question. I started driving again and found this neighborhood. And the spirit told me to pull up in the, the house, the main house where they 
to do the business. Mm -hmm. So I went in there. <clears throat> the lady said, how y'all doing? Come on in. And I said, well, the Spirit told me to come here. She said, okay, sit on down. I, I, was, I was looking around. I said, oh, this is kind of nice, man. And so <clears throat> this couple came in. He said, yeah, can I, we look? She, and the lady said, I'm sorry, y'all. This, this house is sold. And then when they left, I said, why you didn't tell me it was sold? He, he, she said, you said the Spirit told you to come here, right? She said, this is your house. Wow. And we, from wow. there, we got the house wow. and uh, went uh, to try to close. And my wife had um, a check, and they didn't accept it. So the lady came out, Charlie, where's your faith? Here, take these keys. I'll pay that for you. And she paid it. What lady? The lady that... That, that was working at that really? point. Yeah, she paid it. And yeah. my wife said, I'll, I'll give you the money tomorrow, the next day, whatever it was. So she, But she paid it, didn't know who I was, didn't know who my wife was. But that was just God, was the blessing of God just gave, put this woman in front of us. And um, we got that house, and I stayed there a few years. We decorated the backyard and, and uh, swimming pool. You got away with women, man. Yeah, you were 12, you were teaching. <laughs> you went to the rehab, ended up with a wife. <laughs> Got a free house for a woman. Can't take you nowhere. Charlie got to go, guys. So we got to. What you mean, Charlie got to go? He has to go. He has to go. God damn. Well, introduce your record right now. You got to go. Introduce the record. Let's play the record right now. My name is Charlie Wilson. My new single is called Forever Valentine, produced by Bruno Mars, Stereotypes, and D Mile. Man, you can't get no better than that. Come on. I think Charlie, Charlie, I, you know, I know you do church at the show, man. I think you should just leave us with a prayer. Because prayer? You're blessed, man. I, I think it's only right, man. Unless you want to sing a gospel song or something. <laughs> either, or, either or. I Close think it's your house, right. man. Back Close here. Out. Father, we Let's thank go. you for another day. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins on the cross. Father, I ask you to bless each soul in this room. Every person in this room, Father, we ask you to continue to bless, touch them as they go, Father. Keep us all safe and sound as we travel. We thank you for the Breakfast Club and each person that supported this organization. We love you, Lord, and we give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor goes to you, Father. All these blessings we ask it in Jesus' name be done. Thank God. Amen. 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 Charlie Wilson, we're going to get us some free houses now. Oh! That's right. That's right. And women everywhere we you, go. You're blessed and highly favored. You said it. Charlie Wilson, hey, the man, breakfast club. Hey, y'all, something else. Y'all get me started on something heavy talking for an hour and one Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. You got a positive note for the people? Now, the positive note is simply this. You are where you're supposed to be at this very moment. Every experience is part of God's plan. The Breakfast Club.